What's on Reading podcast, brought to you with Atlantic Garden Media. Hello and welcome to the July edition of the What's on Reading podcast. We are still recording it remotely. We are still socially distancing by probably the furthest distance we have socially distanced with our guests for the, the whole run of this. And we'll get onto that and explain that a bit later on. But this month we're doing something slightly different. This month, we are all about one thing, and that one thing is the Reading Fringe Festival, which is digital this year. It's 10 days of online events, activities, panels, and so much more. And rather than being all across town in multiple venues, because lockdown may be easing gradually as we go, but for arts, culture, and heritage, we're still very much unable to do things physically. And for people, we're still very much in a digital realm. So a digital fringe it is this year. And I'm joined by three wonderful guests from the fringe. So actually from the fringe team themselves, we have Steph. Say hello, Steph. Hello. And we also have two artists or artistes, depending on whether you want the E or not in your name, who will be putting stuff on at the Fringe this year. So we have joining us uh, all the way from Germany. We have Fiona. Hello. And from nowhere near as far as Germany, we also have Preet. Hey, how's it going? You were stretching the definition of artist there. I look forward to coming back to you in a little bit, but I think the best place to start is with Steph. So you've been part of the, the Fringe team for, for some years now. So how difficult was it to kind of figure out what you were going to do this year? It was, in some respects, a no-brainer in that when we got the news about um, when we got the news that the whole industry was in lockdown, obviously, we all went into that kind of sort of disaster planning mode. You know, can we still do it? Do we want to still do it? Do we have the energy, the emotional resilience to still do it? If we are going to still do it, what will it look like? And, and there was really only one way it could be, and that would be to take the Fringe Digital. We all decided as a team very early on that definitely wanted to do it. We wanted to do it because we have an amazing number of artists that come to us each year, that we work with each year, and we so desperately wanted to still give them a platform. We thought that was really important because they're, they're very loyal and we want to continue to support them. We also have a, a brilliantly year-on-year -year growing audience that we felt we're still wanting to be served by the content that we provide. And we also felt, you know, for ourselves as a team, we're all very passionate about the fringe and, and we, we wanted to keep it going. You know, it's we love it. It's what we do. And so it was kind of a no brainer. The only sticking point would have been if we hadn't got the emergency funding in order to do it, because um, that was the kind of that was the kind of the biggie. We had two scenarios. If we get the money, what do we do? And if we don't get the money, what can we do? Fortunately, scenario A delivered. So here we are with a fantastic 10-day festival, over 50 acts, working with all our brilliant artists again, with our brilliant curator, Fiona Leonard, and it's great. Just step back a little bit for, for the uninitiated, because as you say, it's been growing year on year, which means that probably decreasingly, there are still people who don't know about it. So just how long has the Fringe been going? It's been going going for nine years now. So it was set up back by, was usually Lindsay, as, as was set that set that back up many years ago with a, with a small but dedicated team. The, the same remit still stands, you know, what can we do to bring something different to Reading? What kind of can we do to give a platform for the artist? of Reading because that's how it started out you know we've got so many brilliant people that are here 
you know, we want to give them a platform and we want to help springboard them onto other things and other places. So, you know, that remit still remains. It's grown in terms of size. The support and the connection with the Dusseldorf, the Dusseldorf connection remains. And so over this kind of last sort of nine years or so, it's grown in scale, certainly. It's grown in ambition and it's grown in reach. Nine years later, last year was our longest festival. We started out as like a three, three, four day festival now it's a 10-day festival. Last year was our biggest year yet, which is another reason for keeping keeping it going this year. Yeah, I think, you know, when particularly that I wasn't involved from the very start, but the, the, the members of the team that were, I think they they must look back and sort of, I don't know if they would have predicted it would have been as big as it is. But it's still providing theatre, it's still providing dance, comedy, spoken word, drag, all kinds of things. We've usually got over 100 acts, there's bound to be something you'll like. It really is splendid. It does seem to be the right balance of great things from Reading and bringing great things to Reading. One of the things I really love about the Fringe is that there is stuff going on there that quite often you think, well, where would this have a home outside of the festival? And I mean that in a very positive way of like, this is unique stuff that you can only see in this setting. You know, it's one of the delights, as well as always one of the challenges when, when programming a festival. And we are fortunate to work with curators such as Fiona and Gigi has a very strong vision for the Fringe as well. It's that sort of balance between definitely wanting to make people sort of almost sort of in the nicest possible way, shove something different in their faces and do what you can to kind of make people engage with something a little bit out of the norm and a little bit out of their comfort zone. Not always very far, because sometimes you've got to kind of nudge people along, don't you? You know, get something out there, bring it to them. You know, they don't have to go to London. They don't have to go to Edinburgh. They don't have to go to Brighton, although those are amazing places to go and see art and culture. They can see something very different right here on their doorstep every year. And um, I mean, I certainly I think it's safe to say that quite a lot of the brilliant stuff we get from Dusseldorf is like unlike anything else people would see in Reading. I go think back to last year when we had we had the dance duo, didn't we, Fiona, where we had a clay head of yeah. a, I think it was a bull. Was that right? Yes. Um, a minotaur, yeah. like a minotaur, minotaur yeah. on the head. We had two two very wonderful men creating art with this sort of clay figure. This was down at the Merle. And I, and I remember that the audience is the feedback I got about the audience. I mean, it was literally, they'd never seen anything like it. And yeah, and there's a place for that. There's a place for drag. There's a place for comedy. There's a place for theatre. And the festival, we feel, is the, the umbrella that brings all that together. I can't believe I missed the giant clay bull man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. You That's what you get. <laughs> Mentioning the, the stuff from Dusseldorf takes us very neatly over to Fiona, joining us live via satellite from Germany. <laughs> It sounds very impressive. It, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> you are very much the furthest socially distanced you could possibly be from the rest of us, which is great. You're definitely not going to catch anything from me today. Maybe tell our listeners a little bit about your involvement and, and indeed the Dusseldorf involvement in, in the festival. Well, I've been involved with the festival since 2017. Uh, Reading and Dusseldorf have a very uh, close, uh, very, very strong ties that go back to 1947. The Reading Berkshire Regiment was stationed in Dusseldorf after the war and there was a connection made then coming back to the then mayor of Reading, Phoebe Custon, and looking at how Reading could support Dusseldorf in the wake of, of the Second World War. And there 
there was a group of five students who travelled from Dusseldorf to to Reading to stay with families, and and that sort of started a, a real friendship connection backwards and forwards between the two cities, which was eventually formalised in 1988 with a twin city arrangement between the two cities. And it's it, it's an arrangement. It's a really nice connection between the two cities that that goes through sport and and art and music. In 2017, a woman who's unfortunately not with us anymore, Caroline West, had a, a lovely idea to, to bring Dusseldorf artists into the, the Dusseldorf Festival and she and Juji hatched a, a great plan to, to bring that connection together. And I think it was the 75th anniversary of the, the friendship between the two cities. So I've been working with the Couture Amt here for the last four years now, bringing artists over. And we, we have three artists this year, a, a band, a dancer and a, a visual artist. So that, that's one of my hats. And my other hat is, is working. I have a theatre company here in Dusseldorf called Blue Goat Theatre. And we've been bringing shows to the, the Fringe for the last few years as well. And uh, we have a piece in this year that was commissioned by the Fringe called Love, Sex and Zombies. Was it commissioned with that title? Just like, here is a title, make us a play, or did they? (laughs) (laughs) It emerged out of a residency that I did in in Paris earlier in the year, which uh, Juji was also involved in, and and we created a a very small version of the play, and then Juji commissioned a a full-length piece for us to create. The original intention was that there would be a workshop in Reading, and then we'd be performing live, and it would be all beautiful and human and then things changed and this is something that we were talking about on the podcast last month with with our guests is that this need to to do something digitally virtually online however you want to put it has inspired a degree of creativity that i think a lot of people yeah. didn't necessarily know they had or or had a desire to to find it sounds like this was a piece created across four different countries Yes, our director and one of our dancers lives in Armenia. We have another dancer here in Germany. Our actor is based in London and the composer lives in France. It's been a challenging undertaking to coordinate people and filming and recording. All our listeners know right now, unless they've uh, already been looking on the French website, is that it's called Love, Sex and Zombies. And I, for one, am intrigued to know what it's about. <laughs> I mean, uh, how much are you willing to tell us ahead of, of us seeing it? <laughs> <laughs> It's an exploration of a love and intimacy in a, in a post-apocalyptic world. It's done through dance and theatre. It, it was funny, actually, because I, I started writing it, as I said, in, in Paris in January and then wrote it, continued to write it over the, the subsequent months. And it was a very, very strange experience writing a post-apocalyptic piece in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. It became very topical. <laughs> I consider that in writing this piece, like I wouldn't have wished a pandemic on anybody, but it was really interesting having the opportunity to see the way people responded to the pandemic, the way that relationships changed and the things that became important when we'd been locked down for three months and not able to hug anybody. It's very topical. It is extremely, extremely topical. My interest is entirely wetted if that's the right phrase and i'm fairly certain it isn't so (laughs) thank you fiona and we'll obviously we'll come back to you in a bit but i think it's time to speak to our third guest which is preet who also has a show in the festival this year 
it was an interesting time. It's, it's interesting hearing you guys talk about creativity and like you were getting all inspired and stuff. The only thing I've been inspired to do is like eat my body weight in biscuits. <laughs> my two goals essentially have been to eat Asda out of biscuits and complete Pornhub. And like both of them are pretty on track. <laughs> I told you there's one remit and I was don't swear and I'm sticking to that. It's technically not swearing. So I'm assuming that the show isn't about your brave quest to complete. There was that. a lot of gaps in there for me to save you. But I'm just going to know. So the show's about um, it's, it's a web series that I started on Instagram called Morality with Preet. So I'm a stand up comedian by trade. Obviously, there's no stand up now. So so I haven't done stand up for about 14 weeks now, which I think is the longest since I've started. So a few weeks into it, I like, taking the first few weeks off wasn't that bad because it was like all exciting. Like, are we going to die? Are we not? Ooh, like, what's going to happen? And then it was just, yeah, life was just a bit bit naff without stand-up. So I started thinking about what I could do. So I started that series where basically I take an Instagram poll around like a certain topic. So like the first episode was about, I think it was about love and relationships, I think. So I just asked like really moral questions that like, it's all anonymous, obviously, but I think one of the questions was like, do you care how many partners you're partner's been with before you that kind of stuff or would you ever be okay with with the, in a heterosexual relationship would you ever be happy with the woman proposing to the guy and like stuff like that and then it, it proved like more popular than i thought so then i turned into like a, initially it was weekly then fortnightly oh there's been some belters out of that though <laughs> i was i was so surprised i was so surprised that like that i think one of my favorite questions was do you care what your partner wears and a surprising amount of women like answered yes to that and i was like okay like i was expecting like the guy like no she better not be doing this and she better not be doing that so i was expecting it from the guys but then a lot of women got in touch and were like so i put like a little comment section at the end and a lot of women were like yeah but what if they're just gonna wear something that's like absolutely horrible so and then i did one around heroes and idols so I get I, I try and get like as much uh, as controversial as I can get. Going back around to the fringe, so this one is racism and activism is the topic. So with like the Black Lives Matter movement, all the counter gammon protests and stuff that are going on, that would be quite a topical thing to do. I haven't actually written the questions yet. If you've got a couple of weeks, it's fine. I'll take an Instagram poll. So if you guys go to Comedy Preet on Instagram, you can get involved in that. That'd be good. And then hopefully we have a lot of engagement. I bring the funnies and then it's a successful fringe. I understand you're also going to be hosting some of the panels or at least one of the panels. Steph is nodding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it is yet, though. I'm like the most unorganized person you've met. I've missed every deadline for this fringe, like every deadline. I mean, I have to say I'm amazed that he made it to this call. <laughs> he is hopefully hosting a panel. We're doing panels, daily panels throughout the fringe with uh, different artists on different relevant topics. And uh, we are having a panel with some of the comics. And rightly or wrongly, we'll see. I've asked Preet to be the host of that panel. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. You'll have to tune in to, to see. It is a daytime panel and it will obviously have to be family friendly, she says, glaring at Preet that none of you can see. <laughs> I genuinely look forward to, to seeing how that all goes. Thank you for, for that. We've heard a bit about your contributions and Fiona, we've heard about your contributions. But 
What else from the fringe are you looking forward to? I guess, Steph, it's a bit difficult for you because it's that whole, oh, that's like choosing between my children. But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. See, see, the things I'm looking forward to are probably different from, obviously, what an audience member will be looking forward to. Because I'm looking forward to making sure events don't fall over if they're live. (laughs) Looking forward to seeing how many people register to come and see our events. You know, register, it's free. Majority of our events are free. I'm looking forward to seeing where those people might be coming from. Looking forward to all that kind of really geeky, boring stuff. Most years, with so many artists involved, we don't get to meet them all. But this year, with live artists, at least, we've managed to meet with them all in advance to do a very simple kind of tech chat and just make sure they're happy, etc., and it's so nice to actually be able to sort of meet these artists face to face or, you know, screen to screen, as it were, and actually have a little chat with them and get a sense of them. And because that's actually something you don't get to do most years because you're busy running around. So that's been really lovely. And so now I'm sort of even more excited than usual to kind of have their content on our site, you know, to see how their live shows go, to, to get the comments from the public and the feedback and, and also to hear from the artists how they found this experience because it's new for them as well over to somebody else. I think with with fringe festivals one of the things I love about them is when you go and when you see something very random that you wouldn't otherwise go and see and, and I think that's a it's a real gift with the digital fringe being able to go and just sort of see all of these acts in one place and you can schedule your own timing around them because fringe festivals they're, they're such a fascinating place for alternative theater for pieces that are in development for as, as you sort of mentioned at the beginning things that that don't sort of fit neatly into what we think mainstream performances should look like I, I know we had we had a couple of lovely performances last year where audiences, audience members just walked past the minster and heard something going on inside and just wandered in that's where you get the sort of beautiful moments of connection of people who just whether this year it'll be a sort of not a literal wandering in but people who wander into spaces that they wouldn't have necessarily chosen to in an in another time or place and discover something amazing that sort of changes their view about you know types of art and also about accessibility because I think that that's the other thing I love about Reading Fringe is is people have a concept that art is something highbrow that people in fur coats go to and it's not accessible. I love that about Reading Fringe is it puts art in spaces and performances in spaces that make it really really accessible and open it up to a world of people who might not otherwise have thought that that it was for them that they were allowed to go to it that it was something that they would enjoy and and that's a real gift i think we really underestimate what something like the fringe gives to the community when when you have people who are saying presenting art and going here you might enjoy this this might this might rock your world and and change the way you think think about the world, change the way you think about people. That's that's a pretty special thing to be doing. And I'm going to momentarily get on a soapbox about people <laughs> who don't value the arts and, and don't value funding the arts and supporting artists and supporting freelance artists because 
I'm going to sort of guess that probably 95% of the people who are turning up to the fringe are freelance artists and so they deserve our support. You know, I'm doing a piece with people from four different countries and, and navigating culture and language and just different ways of seeing the world and it, it's a beautiful experience and it's a real gift and I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> I'd like to say obviously here, here to what Fiona says. You know, we, we have worked to make the fringe accessible. We've worked to make we're working to make it accessible in terms of kind of things like captioning and stuff. But also, you know, the majority of the content is free. The artists have chosen to make that content free. But every show has a donation button for that artist. And I would really strongly encourage if you've sat and you've spent an hour of your time watching something that an artist has spent many, many more hours of their time creating, you know, do consider making a donation to that artist. You know, it's freely accessible for you. But do please show your support for that artist because, you know, this is a difficult year for everybody. So, um, you know, art is there to be valued. We want to make it as accessible as possible. But please always, always, uh, always thank your artist, ideally with cold, hard cash. When the day comes that artists can pay their rent and buy food at Tesco with exposure dollars, then yes, feel free not to hand over cash. But yeah, yes, donations do help us to pay the rent and we greatly appreciate it it's like the worst phrase i've ever come across i hate it when people are like oh so what do i get for it exposure like no pay me give me money give me money or respect like exposure doesn't buy either you're right it's something that's affected the whole sort of sector is that we don't necessarily have the money coming in in the same way and with and we have much further to go before we can start getting quote-unquote proper paid gigs again across all the arts absolutely please tip generously and I, I think my, my other request would be to listeners, if you see something at the Fringe that you really enjoy, uh, please share it on Facebook and in, encourage other people in, in your community to, to check it out, that uh, we really appreciate you sharing the love. Yes, because so much of it is, is sort of available on demand rather than live streaming. So there is a chance for you to, A, watch something over and over again, and B, if you've seen something, tell people to watch it over and over again. All of the information about The Fringe can be found on the Reading Fringe Festival website, which is readingfringefestival.co.uk? Yes, readingfringefestival.co.uk. There's a What's On page, which lists everything that you can see at the festival. There are still more things going up. We're about to announce our, like I say, our live schedule of daily panels and daily events. There are some films that are going to be uploaded of theatre shows that were filmed in 360 degrees. So you can watch those and it'll be like you're sitting in the front row of that particular show. They're still to come. Visit the website, register. It's totally free. And what that means is on the 17th of July, which is when we have our launch night, which is free for everyone to watch and enjoy. As long as you've registered from 8.30 that night, you'll be able to access all the free contents that's there. You'll be able to buy tickets for the paid events, um, as Damien says. Um, even with a lot of the live events, once it's happened and it's been recorded, it will be up and available on the website all the way through to the following Sunday. So there's a lot of content. Um, a lot of the stuff we may well keep up afterwards as well. So do your best to watch something every single day of the Fringe. Ideally two things, maybe even three. I mean, I would just take the whole week off work. Watch everything. Why not? There's loads of stuff. There's stuff for families, you know. They need to, we're going to be in school holidays by then. So sit and watch some of the family stuff. We've got a rolled dial in there. We've got something about Moominland in there. So there's tons of stuff. And even better, 
after the festival, there will be a new commission coming, which is an online interactive adventure called uh, Pearl and Pit Planet Protectors, which will, we're working with Time Trap, who are a local puzzle escape room team. Um, we're working with Helen Eastman, who's written a load of brilliant shows, including uh, I'll Be the Penguin Saves Christmas, which we had at Reading Rep here. And that will be released over the summer. And that will be for people with families to enjoy and learn a little about how you can help save the planet. So get ready, register on the website, join us for the Fringe and stay with us throughout the summer. That's what I would say. There's literally nothing better to do than watch Morality Repeat. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a family-orientated show. What better way to learn about racism than a brown dude be really angry at stuff? It's educational. In fact, they should put it as part of the curriculum. That's what they should do. It's just me ranting and with odd breaks of just... It's a very racial thing. I mean, I might incite a race, a race riot. I don't know. We're going to have to see what happens. A digital race riot. Well, if that isn't a reason to tune in, I don't know what is. We daren't go any further than that. <laughs> so just to recap, Reading Fringe Festival runs from the 17th to the 26th of July, all through readingfringefestival.co.uk. 50 plus, probably by the time this goes to print, productions of all kinds. And all that's really left for me to say is a big thank you to all three of my guests. So thank you to Steph. Thank you. Thank you to Fiona. Thanks for having me. And thank you to Preet, who is probably the most unique guest we will ever have on this show <laughs> cheers thanks i look forward to my invite to come back on <laughs> so let us know which shows you enjoy at the fringe stay safe and we'll be back next month with another podcast the what's on reading podcast was produced by atlantic garden media 